What would you say if I told you that there was a lake that had water that was actually pink? How about if I told you that there was a mountain with red, blue, and gold rock formations? Or what if I told you that there was a cave that had crystals that grew over 12 meters or 36 feet high and four meters or 12 feet in diameter? Do such places really exist? They in fact all do. All of them are real places on this earth. But that leads me to ask the question, what about heaven? Is heaven for real? My name is Chris Holland and Digging Deeper starts now. My dear friends, welcome to Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. Today we begin a new series of studies on a very important topic. Now, if you've missed any episodes of Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper, you can go to awr.org forward slash Bible, and there you can find a link to all the archive episodes, along with a link to our Unlocking Bible Prophecies Masterclass you can ask a question at that website, or you can also make a prayer request. And don't forget, register to become a part of the Unlocking Bible Prophecies family. You'll get a special invitation to our Facebook group, as well as notifications about special live events. Now, getting back to the questions that I asked, what about that pink lake? Well, that pink lake that I talked about is Lake Retba near Dakar, Senegal not very far from the Cape Verde Peninsula. It's pink in color due to a specific kind of algae that grows in the lake. Now, what about those multicolored mountains? Well, they can be found in Gansu, China. Throughout that region, you can find red-colored mountains and rock formations. And those huge crystals, they can be found in the Cave of the Crystals in Chihuahua, Mexico. The Cave that reaches a blistering 58 degrees Celsius at times. But the beauty of the crystals is frankly amazing. Now, all of these seemingly unreal places are very real. They actually exist even though their description may seem to defy what we commonly would think of as reality. But what about a place that's often discussed in religious circles. Heaven. Is heaven for real? Some people have claimed to have been there. But what does the Bible say about heaven? Is it a real place? Is it some faraway distant sphere within the clouds and babies playing harps? The word heaven or heavens appears over 720 times in the 66 books of the Bible. It is important to note that the word heaven or heavens can mean several different things. Heaven and earth together can refer to the entire universe. The, the word heaven or heavens can refer to the sky along with the stars and planets. But it also can mean the home of the righteous. Now, the word can have a literal meaning or at times it can be used metaphorically and for our purposes and in our study, we will concern ourselves with the literal meaning of the word as the home of the righteous. Now, you know well, John 14, verses 1 to 3, we've talked about this verse several times. 
Jesus speaks of heaven and the preparations that he is making for us there. Now, as we have studied that previously, it becomes evident that heaven is a real place. It says, just as a reminder, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. You see, right here, heaven is described as the place where God dwells and that he wants those who follow him to dwell with him there as well. So I want us to take some time. We're going to look at several Bible texts that describe heaven. And as we begin to study this, let's keep in mind what Isaiah 64.4 says. I really like how the old King James Version puts it. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. You know, my friends, the Bible describes heaven in human terms so we might be able to understand them. But those descriptions fall far short of how amazing heaven actually is. Now, to begin with, let's go to Isaiah chapter 65 and, and verse 17. In the Old Testament, the Bible outlines this place we call heaven. Isaiah 65 verse 17 for behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Now, the book of Revelation expands on this by saying, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Heaven. Now, we've talked about, but what is the new earth? You see, God created this earth over 6,000 years ago. And he created it over the course of six days. And it was perfect. Perfect in every aspect. That's hard for each of us to imagine. But then sin marred the earth, and over time, we have it. And it has become a very imperfect planet. But a day is coming, and that day is coming soon, when God will destroy this earth to make a new earth on which the righteous will live. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 describes it this way. This way. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Listen to these words of Peter. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Then in the latter part of verse 12 through 13, it says this, The heavens will be dissolved being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now remember, heaven is God's home, and he wants his followers to live there with him. 
But where is heaven? Where does God live? Now, the Bible doesn't give us an exact location. We simply can't put this into a GPS and find it. But what we do know is that it is out there in the universe somewhere. Psalm 14 and verse 2 says this, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. And then again in Psalm 33 and verse 13, it says this, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. And then in the book of Acts in the New Testament, in chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, I want you to listen to these words. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Now, this describes Jesus' ascension from the earth. And this is what it says. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, in these verses, we see God looking down from heaven and then Jesus going up to heaven. My dear friends, heaven is a real place from which God keeps watch over the affairs of the earth and the affairs of the universe. And it is the place that Jesus returned to once he finished his ministry here on this earth. You see, when sin entered the world, the original connection that the earth had with heaven was lost. Jesus came to restore that connection and be the bridge to connect the two together again. The book of Revelation tells us about one of these connections. The apostle John in vision, looks up, and in chapter 21, verse 2, he describes what he sees. Revelation 21 and verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Where is heaven? It is a place that is out there in the universe. But it is so closely connected with the earth that the holy city of heaven, the new Jerusalem, will someday come out of heaven and will be located here on this earth, on this earth, when it's made new again. My dear friend, Jesus is preparing a place for you to be there. In this real place where God will make his home and he invites you to be with him where he is. Heaven is a real place. You see, God made earth to be a place where he could meet with humanity, but we rebelled and turned away from him. But he has promised to make it new again, perfect again, but with a guarantee. According to Nahum, 
chapter 1 and verse 9, it'll be a place where affliction will not rise up a second time. Did you hear that? No more sin. Heaven is a real place where there will be no sin. No more sickness. No more car accidents. No more terrible news that no one wants to hear. The book of Revelation goes on to tell us what else won't be there in Revelation 21 and verse 4. The Bible says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Heaven is a real place, and probably for most of us, it seems just too good to be true. I mean, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? No more death, no more goodbyes, no more sudden losses. None of that will exist. My dear friend, maybe you've lost a loved one, a son, a daughter. Maybe you've lost a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a grandmother, a grandfather. If you have accepted Jesus and are following him, he will lead you all the way to heaven where you will never ever feel the pain of separation again. You will never feel sorrow, grief, never again. In that place, heaven, which is real, everything in heaven will be in perfect harmony. Everything will be perfect in Jesus and no pain. Did you hear that? No pain. Uh, unquestionably, there will be no physical pain, no arthritis, no aches, no pains. Are, are you happy to know that? I'm, I'm most certainly happy to know that. I've had four knee surgeries, and I look forward to the day when there will be no aches and pains. I look forward to the day where I cannot tell the weather by the pain that is occurring in my knee. But you know, this is talking about something far deeper than physical pain. It's also talking about emotional pain or social pain. My dear friend, maybe, maybe at some point in your life you've been abused physically, verbally, emotionally, sexually. Maybe you've gone through a traumatic experience that's left you emotionally damaged. Maybe life in general has just left you emotionally drained. Jesus reaches out his arms of love and he tells you, my dear child, heaven is real. He tells you, I am preparing a place for you right now. Cling to me, he says. Stay close to me and I will take you there. You will feel such love and acceptance and safety in heaven that your mind will be at peace and your heart will be forever comforted. Friend, doesn't this sound like a place that you would like to call home? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16, offers, it offers to us another invitation, but in a little bit different way. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 16. 16. 
This is what the Bible says. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. My dear friend, God has prepared heaven for you. With you in mind, he has made this place. Heaven is a real place for real people like you, like me. Listen to the marvelous description in Revelation 21 of what the heavenly city looks like. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel, three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Heaven is a real place. It has real gates. These gates are not to keep people out, but rather they are a message inviting for people to come from all over the earth and enter through the gates to their new home. Three gates to the north, three gates to the south, three gates to the west, three great gates to the east. All cry out as an invitation to come and be a part of this beautiful place. Revelation chapter 21 continues describing this wonderful place. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. My dear friends, heaven is a real place. It has real foundations. That foundation has the names of the apostles inscribed on it. The city is a perfect square, 12,000 furlongs. In today's measurements, that's about 2,200 kilometers, over 3,000 miles. This means that the city would be over 500 hundred and fifty kilometers per side. That would be almost the same as traveling from Paris to London or of traveling from Harare, Zimbabwe to Lusaka, Zambia or from Los Angeles, California to Phoenix, Arizona. And that's just traveling one side. The wall is almost 64 meters thick, over 180 feet. Heaven is a real place. But another aspect of the city is found at the end of Revelation chapter 21. The Bible says this, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Can you picture the perfect beauty in your mind? Frankly, it's beyond our comprehension. Heaven is a real place for real people. Jesus has prepared all of this for you and for me. I have a question. Are you excited about that? 
I mean, listen, it will be a place with no more pollution, no more terrible weather, absolute perfection, perfect harmony. I want you to take a moment to think about that. Think of the best place you've ever been to. Hold that image in your mind. What's the image you have? One of my favorite places in all the world is Newfoundland, the province in Canada. And I mean this as no offense to my friends in Newfoundland, but my dear friends, this is what I'm going to tell you. Heaven will be so much better. It is almost unimaginable. Now, in addition to the city of Jerusalem on this earth made new, we will also live in homes that we will build. We will build them in the countryside. We've looked at this passage before in Isaiah 65, where it says this in verses 21 and 22. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people. And my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Heaven's a real place. And it will have real people. We will build, we will plant gardens, we will enjoy the fruit of our labor. No more will we build our dream home and have to sell it. No more will we have that beautiful garden that's then destroyed by weeds and pests. We'll be able to enjoy our lives in this very real place. You know something else? The Bible tells us that our very bodies will be new. So we'll be able to labor. And as we labor, we, we won't experience exhaustion. We won't experience pain. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for this Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Just so we're not mistaken. What was Jesus' glorious body like? Jesus appeared to the disciples after he had risen from the dead and listened to his words. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his feet and his hands. My dear friends, Jesus was real flesh and bones. But he was perfect. After Jesus' resurrection, his glorious body will never grow old. It won't grow weary. It won't function. It won't stop functioning properly. And those who are to become citizens of heaven will also receive glorious bodies. Our bodies will be perfect and imperishable. Heaven is a real place with real people. And in case you haven't gotten the picture. We won't be sitting around on clouds, strumming our harps. Heaven is a real place for real people who will have real conversations. Matthew wrote these words in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. 
And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine it in your mind? What will it be like to have a conversation with one of the heroes of the Bible? Who is it that you would like to talk to? Do you want to talk to Daniel? Maybe it's Jeremiah, maybe Isaiah, maybe Matthew, maybe Mark. Maybe you'd like to talk to David. Or maybe you want to talk to Joshua. Who is it that you want to talk to? Now, in addition to all this perfect harmony of heaven, it will also be seen in the animal kingdom. Isaiah shares a beautiful scene when he says this, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den, they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Perfect harmony. Perfect peace. People won't destroy one another. Animals won't destroy one another. All of them together. All enjoying the peace and harmony of God. But you know, friend, there is one thing in heaven above all else that should attract us. There is one thing above all others that will bring us supreme joy. And that, my friends, is the moment that we will be able to spend time with Jesus. We will, in fact, be able to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason that we will be there. He has made the provision for you to be there. He has prepared a place for you to be there. And today, he calls for you. And he's calling me to come to him, to give our life to him, and to live for him. You see, the Bible promises that there is something we will receive when we get to heaven. Paul, speaking in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, says these words, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. He says this, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not to me only, but also to those who have loved his appearing. What a glorious day that will be, friend. Jesus has paid the price. He has invited you, regardless of your social status, regardless of your gender, regardless of your age, regardless of whether you have been successful or not by the world's standards. Jesus is calling for you. He's calling you to be prepared for heaven because he's preparing heaven for you. A real place for real people where we will receive a real crown, but we won't even glory in that crown because Revelation 4 says that those in heaven will cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because we didn't earn the crown. He paid the price for it all. Jesus calls you today. My question as we look at heaven and this real place is, 
Will you accept his invitation to come home today? Will you heed the call of Jesus? Now's the time, friend. Jesus says, come home. Prepare your heart because I'm preparing a place for you to be with me forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want our hearts prepared. We want to be in heaven. We see and know that heaven is a real place. And so, Lord, we want to be in that real place. So prepare our heart that we are ready to meet Jesus when he comes again and that we can spend eternity in this place of perfect harmony and perfect peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, God bless you, friends. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button below. Click on subscribe and just hit that bell right next to it. Also, remember, go check out awr.org forward slash Bible. Check out all the resources we have there. Most especially, I want to invite you, sign up for one of our online Zoom Bible studies where you can have some personal interaction and dig deeper into the scriptures. Friends, stay connected. We don't want you to miss one episode of Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. And I want you to remember, dear friends, there are many who purport to know the future. But there is only one sure word of prophecy, and that is this book. And together, we'll continue to dig deep with Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. God bless you. enjoyed listening to the end time prophetic events whether you've never before opened a bible or have been studying it all your life you'll gain new insights from this series by looking at revelation and daniel as well as other books of the bible you'll find that the bible itself clearly unlocks the mysteries of bible prophecies this will transform what may feel like a confusing book into something clear and understandable if you want to learn more Bible truth, or ask a Bible question, or perhaps find freedom, healing, and hope in Jesus, please give us a call. Our WhatsApp number is plus one two four zero two 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 zero seven seven seven. We are certain that you'll gain a deeper understanding of Jesus' love for you, and emerge with an even closer relationship with Him. For more information, visit us on the web at bible.awr.org or send us an email at bible.awr.org. What would you say if I told you that there was a lake that had water that was actually pink? How about if I told you that there was a mountain with red, blue, and gold rock formations? Or what if I told you that there was a cave that had crystals that grew over 12 meters or 36 feet high and four meters or 12 feet in diameter? Do such places really exist? They in fact all do. All of them are real places on this earth. But that leads me to ask the question, what about heaven? Is heaven for real? My name is Chris Holland and Digging Deeper starts now.
My dear friends, welcome to Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. Today we begin a new series of studies on a very important topic. Now, if you've missed any episodes of Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper, you can go to awr.org forward slash Bible, and there you can find a link to all the archive episodes, along with a link to our Unlocking Bible Prophecies Masterclass you can ask a question at that website, or you can also make a prayer request. And don't forget, register to become a part of the Unlocking Bible Prophecies family. You'll get a special invitation to our Facebook group, as well as notifications about special live events. Now, getting back to the questions that I asked, what about that pink lake? Well, that pink lake that I talked about is Lake Rekpa near Dakar, Senegal not very far from the Cape Verde Peninsula. It's pink in color due to a specific kind of algae that grows in the lake. Now, what about those multicolored mountains? Well, they can be found in Gansu, China. Throughout that region, you can find red-colored mountains and rock formations. And those huge crystals, they can be found in the Cave of the Crystals in Chihuahua, Mexico. The cave that reaches a blistering 58 degrees Celsius at times, but the beauty of the crystals is frankly amazing. Now, all of these seemingly unreal places are very real. They actually exist, even though their description may seem to defy what we commonly would think of as reality. But what about a place that's often discussed in religious circles? Heaven. Is heaven for real? Some people have claimed to have been there. But what does the Bible say about heaven? Is it a real place? Is it some faraway distant sphere within the clouds and babies playing harps? The word heaven or heavens appears over 720 times in the 66 books of the Bible. It is important to note that the word heaven or heavens can mean several different things. Heaven and earth together can refer to the entire universe. The, the word heaven or heavens can refer to the sky along with the stars and planets. But it also can mean the home of the righteous. Now, the word can have a literal meaning or at times it can be used metaphorically. And for our purposes and in our study, we will concern ourselves with the literal meaning of the word as the home of the righteous. Now, you know well, John 14, verses 1 to 3, we've talked about this verse several times. Jesus speaks of heaven and the preparations that he is making for us there. Now, as we have studied that previously, it becomes evident that heaven is a real place. It says, just as a reminder, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. You see, right here, heaven is described as the place where God dwells and that he wants those who follow him to dwell with him there as well. So I want us to take some time. We're going to look at several Bible texts that describe heaven. And as we begin to study this, let's keep in mind what Isaiah 64.4 says. I really like how the old King James Version puts it. For since the beginning of the world, 
men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. You know, my friends, the Bible describes heaven in human terms so we might be able to understand them. But those descriptions fall far short of how amazing heaven actually is. Now, to begin with, Let's go to Isaiah chapter 65 and and verse 17. In the Old Testament, the Bible outlines this place we call heaven. Isaiah 65 verse 17. For behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Now the book of Revelation expands on this by saying, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away heaven. Now, we've talked about, but what is the new earth? You see, God created this earth over 6,000 years ago, and he created it over the course of six days, and it was perfect. Perfect in every aspect. That's hard for each of us to imagine. But then sin marred the earth, and over time, we have it, and it has become a very imperfect planet. But a day is coming, and that day is coming soon, when God will destroy this earth to make a new earth on which the righteous will live. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10 describes it this way. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. Listen to these words of Peter. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Then in the latter part of verse 12 through 13, it says this, The heavens will be dissolved being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Now remember, heaven is God's home, and he wants his followers to live there with him. But where is heaven? Where does God live? Now, the Bible doesn't give us an exact location. We simply can't put this into a GPS and find it. But what we do know is that it is out there in the universe somewhere. Psalm 14 and verse 2 says this, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. And then again in Psalm 33 and verse 13, it says this, The Lord looks from heaven. He sees all the sons of men. And then in the book of Acts in the New Testament, in chapter 1, Verses 9 through 11, I want you to listen to these words. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Now, this describes Jesus' ascension from the earth, and this is what it says. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. 
Now, in these verses, we see God looking down from heaven and then Jesus going up to heaven. My dear friends, heaven is a real place from which God keeps watch over the affairs of the earth and the affairs of the universe. And it is the place that Jesus returned to once he finished his ministry here on this earth. You see, when sin entered the world, the original connection that the earth had with heaven was lost. Jesus came to restore that connection and be the bridge to connect the two together again. The book of Revelation tells us about one of these connections. The apostle John, in vision, looks up and in chapter 21, verse 2, he describes what he sees. Revelation 21 and verse 2. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Where is heaven? It is a place that is out there in the universe. But it is so closely connected with the earth that the holy city of heaven, the new Jerusalem, will someday come out of heaven and will be located here on this earth, on this earth when it's made new again. My dear friend, Jesus is preparing a place for you to be there in this real place where God will make his home and he invites you to be with him where he is. Heaven is a real place. You see, God made earth to be a place where he could meet with humanity, but we rebelled and turned away from him. But he has promised to make it new again, perfect again, but with a guarantee. According to Nahum chapter 1 and verse 9, It'll be a place where affliction will not rise up a second time. Did you hear that? No more sin. Heaven is a real place where there will be no sin. No more sickness. No more car accidents. No more terrible news that no one wants to hear. The book of Revelation goes on to tell us what else won't be there in Revelation 21 and verse 4. The Bible says, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Heaven is a real place, and probably for most of us, it seems just too good to be true. I mean, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? No more death, no more goodbyes, no more sudden losses, none of that will exist. My dear friend, maybe you've lost a loved one, a son, a daughter. Maybe you've lost a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, a grandmother, a grandfather. If you have accepted Jesus and are following him, he will lead you all the way to heaven where you will never ever feel the pain of separation again. You will never feel sorrow, grief, never again. In that place, heaven, which is real. Everything in heaven will be in perfect harmony. Everything will be perfect in Jesus. And no pain. Did you hear that? No pain. Uh, Unquestionably, there will be no physical pain. 
no arthritis, no aches, no pains. Are, are you happy to know that? I'm, I'm most certainly happy to know that. I've had four knee surgeries and I look forward to the day when there will be no aches and pains. I look forward to the day where I cannot tell the weather by the pain that is occurring in my knee. But you know, this is talking about something far deeper than physical pain. It's also talking about emotional pain or social pain. My dear friend, maybe, maybe at some point in your life you've been abused physically, verbally, emotionally, sexually. Maybe you've gone through a traumatic experience that's left you emotionally damaged. Maybe life in general has just left you emotionally drained. Jesus reaches out his arms of love and he tells you, my dear child, heaven is real. He tells you, I am preparing a place for you right now. Cling to me, he says. Stay close to me and I will take you there. You will feel such love and acceptance and safety in heaven that your mind will be at peace and your heart will be forever comforted. Friend, doesn't this sound like a place that you would like to call home? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16 offers, it offers to us another invitation, but in a little bit different way. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 16. This is what the Bible says. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. My dear friend, God has prepared heaven for you. With you in mind, he has made this place. Heaven is a real place for real people like you, like me. Listen to the marvelous description in Revelation 21 of what the heavenly city looks like. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with 12 gates and 12 angels at the gates and names written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Heaven is a real place. It has real gates. These gates are not to keep people out, but rather they are a message inviting for people to come from all over the earth and enter through the gates to their new home. Three gates to the north, three gates to the south, three gates to the west, three great gates to the east, all cry out as an invitation to come and be a part of this beautiful place. Revelation chapter 21 continues describing this wonderful place. Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square. Its length is as great as its breadth, and he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. Its length, breadth, and height are equal. Then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. My dear friends, heaven is a real place. 
It has real foundations. That foundation has the names of the apostles inscribed on it. The city is a perfect square, 12,000 furlongs. In today's measurements, that's about 2,200 kilometers, over 3,000 miles. This means that the city would be over 550 kilometers per side. That would be almost the same as traveling from Paris to London or of traveling from Harare, Zimbabwe to Lusaka, Zambia or from Los Angeles, California to Phoenix, Arizona. And that's just traveling one side. The wall is almost 64 meters thick, over 180 feet. Heaven is a real place. But another aspect of the city is found at the end of Revelation chapter 21. The Bible says this, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Can you picture the perfect beauty in your mind? Frankly, it's beyond our comprehension. Heaven is a real place for real people. Jesus has prepared all of this for you and for me. I have a question. Are you excited about that? I mean, listen, it will be a place with no more pollution, no more terrible weather, absolute perfection, perfect harmony. I want you to take a moment to think about that. Think of the best place you've ever been to. Hold that image in your mind. What's the image you have? One of my favorite places in all the world is Newfoundland, the province in Canada. And I mean this as no offense to my friends in Newfoundland, but my dear friends, this is what I'm going to tell you. Heaven will be so much better. It is almost unimaginable. Now, in addition to the city of Jerusalem on this earth made new, we will also live in homes that we will build. We will build them in the countryside. We've looked at this passage before in Isaiah 65, where it says this in verses 21 and 22, they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build in another inhabit. They shall not plant in another eat. For as the days of a tree, so shall be the days of my people and my elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Heaven's a real place and it will have real people. We will build, we will plant gardens, we will enjoy the fruit of our labor. No more will we build our dream home and have to sell it. No more will we have that beautiful garden that's then destroyed by weeds and pests. We'll be able to enjoy our lives in this very real place. You know something else? The Bible tells us that our very bodies will be new. So we'll be able to labor. And as we labor, we, we won't experience exhaustion. We won't experience pain. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for this Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself just so we're not mistaken. What was Jesus' glorious body like? Jesus appeared to the disciples after he had risen from the dead and listened to his words. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet. 
that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his feet and his hands. My dear friends, Jesus was real flesh and bones, but he was perfect. After Jesus' resurrection, his glorious body will never grow old. It won't grow weary. It won't function. It won't stop functioning properly. And those who are to become citizens of heaven will also receive glorious bodies. Our bodies will be perfect and imperishable. Heaven is a real place with real people. And in case you haven't gotten the picture, we won't be sitting around on clouds strumming our harps. Heaven is a real place for real people who will have real conversations. Matthew wrote these words in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 11. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Can you imagine it in your mind? What will it be like to have a conversation with one of the heroes of the Bible? Who is it that you would like to talk to? Do you want to talk to Daniel? Maybe it's Jeremiah, maybe Isaiah, maybe Matthew, maybe Mark. Maybe you'd like to talk to David. Or maybe you want to talk to Joshua. Who is it that you want to talk to? Now, in addition to all this perfect harmony of heaven, it will also be seen in the animal kingdom. Isaiah shares a beautiful scene when he says this, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Perfect harmony, perfect peace, people, won't destroy one another. Animals won't destroy one another. All of them together, all enjoying the peace and harmony of God. But you know, friend, there is one thing in heaven above all else that should attract us. There is one thing above all others that will bring us supreme joy. That, my friends, is the moment that we will be able to spend time with Jesus. We will, in fact, be able to spend eternity with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason that we will be there. He has made the provision for you to be there. He has prepared a place for you to be there. And today, he calls for you, and he's calling me to come to him, to give our life to him, and to live for him. You see, the Bible promises that there is something we will receive when we get to heaven. Paul, speaking in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, says these words, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. He says this, Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not to me only, but also to those who have loved his appearing. What a glorious day that will be, friend. Jesus has paid the price. He has invited you, regardless of your social status, regardless of your gender, regardless of your age, regardless of whether you have been successful 
or not by the world's standards, Jesus is calling for you. He's calling you to be prepared for heaven because he's preparing heaven for you. A real place for real people where we will receive a real crown, but we won't even glory in that crown because Revelation 4 says that those in heaven will cast their crowns at the feet of Jesus. Why? Because we didn't earn the crown. He paid the price for it all. Jesus calls you today. My question as we look at heaven and this real place is, will you accept his invitation to come home today? Will you heed the call of Jesus? Now's the time, friend. Jesus says, come home. Prepare your heart because I'm preparing a place for you to be with me forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want our hearts prepared. We want to be in heaven. We see and know that heaven is a real place. And so, Lord, we want to be in that real place. So prepare our heart that we are ready to meet Jesus when he comes again and that we can spend eternity in this place of perfect harmony and perfect peace. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, God bless you, friends. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button below. Click on subscribe and just hit that bell right next to it. Also, remember, go check out awr.org forward slash Bible. Check out all the resources we have there. Most especially, I want to invite you, sign up for one of our online Zoom Bible studies where you can have some personal interaction and dig deeper into the scriptures. Friends, stay connected. We don't want you to miss one episode of Unlocking Bible Prophecies, Digging Deeper. And I want you to remember, dear friends, there are many who purport to know the future. But there is only one sure word of prophecy, and that is this book. Together, we'll continue to dig deep with unlocking Bible prophecies, digging deeper. God bless you.